Hello, and welcome to Full in Focus. I'm Don Love, and I have the distinct pleasure of being your host for what I can only describe as an extremely exciting time for Fulham FC. Joining me for this podcast are my co-hosts, Matt Dom. Hi, Don. And John Schwab. Hi there. So, very exciting times for us, guys. Going to Wembley. Going to Wembley, and I can't be any more excited and nervous all at the same time. I just can't sit still. It seems like these days right now are just dragging on. I don't know about you guys, but I can't sleep properly right now. My wife thinks I'm nuts. Are you guys as excited as I am? Yeah, I have to say I am. I mean, I'm I'm trying to put it in perspective so it, you know, so my life can actually go on, but it's um it's not making life easy, but you know, we're lucky to be in this situation. What do you think, yeah, there, Matt? I'm- I'm, I'm finding I'm getting uh, quite a lot done this week, as uh, as you, you wait for the clock to tick down to Saturday. But yeah, I mean, it, what an opportunity. It's, it's fantastic to be going to Wembley and yeah, really looking forward to it. You know, excited all the way. So how amazing is this that, you know, we're going to Wembley for the second time. And if you look back, I had to you know do some research because I love this club and I love knowing everything about it. If you looked at Fulham in the early 90s, Fulham was pretty much at rock bottom. They were struggling, and they looked like they really didn't have a future. They, they looked like they could have slid off into oblivion. But if you look at them now, it's amazing how far as a club they've come. You know, Yeah, they went to the Europe League, and now we're going to Wembley. Basically, back then, it was my understanding, they only had about 3,000, 4,000 fans in the early 90s. Now we're selling 38,000 tickets. So for me, how far this club has come is just amazing. Any thoughts, guys, on how, how big you think the club is and how we're not really overconfident? We know we're not that huge club. We're not Manchester City, but we're a good-sized club now and a strong club. I think it's an interesting point. And um, <clears throat> strangely enough, my first ever game was... Fulham versus Wigan in the third tier or something. It wasn't a big game. It was empty. I was in the Hammersmith end and there were no seats. And I was probably five or six years old, sat on the bare concrete. I wasn't at all interested, if I'm if I'm being a hundred percent honest. And um it was it was completely dead. And everyone had a moustache and curly hair. To go from that to this is is incredible. And I think recognition needs to go to the people who actually stuck by the club throughout those awful times because, you know, I didn't want to be there. And now I'm so glad I was there. But hindsight, I got old and wise and realised what a lovely club it was. But, it, it you know, it wasn't, um, wasn't my choice of weekend at the time. But now I'm so proud that I was there at that day. And I think a lot of Fulham fans would, would, would probably reminisce likewise that, well, hear, hear to all those people that stuck by Fulham. <laughs> so, Matt, what are your thoughts about Fulham going from early 90s rock bottom to second chance, going back to the Premier League, we hope? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it was touch and go whether, whether they were going to stay in the league at all. Um, so from that point to, you know, my support of the club is sort of, I timed it as you know we were starting on the upward trend again um so we went up through the leagues followed the team up to Europa League final doesn't get much bigger than that 
um you know then then we had a few more years of struggle and here we are in what is probably you know the biggest game of them all i would say even bigger than that europa league final because that that was that was a sort of fantasy fairy tale kind of thing you know this this is what you want as a Fulham supporter as a football supporter you want to see your team win at Wembley and we've got that chance in a few days time and you know brilliant turnaround and I'm just so excited for it now I, I completely agree and I hear what you're saying um like I said I just can't sit still I'm having a hard time doing this interview and just focusing on what we want to talk about because in my mind I can't stop thinking about what I want Fulham to do so with this being our second time going to Wembley, okay, and the last time being in 1975 where we lost to West Ham in the final, Danny Boy wanted to reach out and talk to somebody about their experience the last time Fulham went to Wembley. And he got a hold of David Lloyd from There's Only One F in Fulham, the fanzine, Toof. And I got to say, for an interview, he couldn't have picked a better person would you agree, Matt? I mean, could you think of a better person to talk to who would have memories about 1975 Wembley? He, he, he's legendary, isn't he? You know, Two-Fifth is legendary. Um, it was a big part of, you know, back then, the, the days we were talking about in the, in the 90s when things weren't quite so good. You know, he, he's a massive part of the club, and I can't think of many better people to hear from about uh, the last trip to Wembley. So, yeah, bring it on. All right, so with that, we're going to go to Danny, who's doing a little Fulham extra here. He's focused with David on the 1975 Wembley. Let's hear his interview. I'm now joined by the long-standing editor of the legendary Two-Fifth, 30 years young this year, the magazine, not David. But um, David, you're a legend, mate. How you doing? Um, just getting, getting a bit nervous for the uh, rather small game that's just around the corner. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you're spot on there because uh, that's that's the whole reason I've called you up is to talk about Wembley, Wembley fever. Obviously, you were there in 1975 when you was, what was you, about about five at the time? Yeah, well, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember the feeling at the time in 75, how you was feeling, the build up to it? I mean, you know, the whole thing about that was, uh, you know, we were in the second tier, second division, as it was then called. Uh, it all got a bit pally, didn't it? West Ham, Bobby Moore playing for us by then, and Alan Mullery with the old codgers, and you know they, we were talking about old codgers then, and now you're talking about me as an old codger now. But you know, 43 years ago, you remember an awful lot about it, to be honest. You know, the the game itself, we let ourselves down, which is a something I'm praying we don't do at the weekend. I mean, we weren't, I suppose, expected to beat West Ham, but there was a lovely tale to be told with with Moro playing for us and. We were certainly capable of beating them. I mean, we'd beaten them in the League Cup that season. So it wasn't as if we were going there expecting to, to lose. But I think there were some elements, some parties, thinking, well, we, we did well enough just to get there. But, you know, it's, you go to a Wembley game expecting and wanting to win, no matter who you are, I think. Because any team can win on the day. And that's the worry, I suppose, I've got about the game that's coming up for us. Because... We should win. We, we, we should have beaten Derby, and we did beat Derby, but football doesn't always work like that. So, yeah, slightly squeaky bum time at the moment. And as you say, I mean, it is a completely different situation to last time because we do go into this one as slight favourite. Do you sense a more optimistic approach from the fans this time? 
obviously, 43 years is a long time to wait. But the first time round, it was, what, n- nearly 100 years, so... Yeah, I wasn't around all that time. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's been so many missed opportunities in that time, because although we've been down in the doldrums for a lot of those 43 years, we did have some close calls along the way, and there were some matches that, uh, in slightly earlier rounds that we should have won, so we should at least have got closer to getting to Wembley. Um, but, yeah, it is a different setup, I think. Uh, you know, here we are... Waiting 43 years to hear the ground like it sounded the other day was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, can you imagine that support, the level of support transferring to Wembley? I mean, the noise that, uh, you know, I think the players have referred to it, but the whole hammy end standing up for the whole for the whole time. I mean, I had such a devil of a job getting a, a, a ticket for that match, five hours plus on the phone, just trying to get what was, in inverted commas, rightfully mine, you know, getting my season ticket, and then I never used the seat at all. I, I'm inclined to ask for my money back at the end of all that. But it was, what a <laughs> night. I mean, I, I really do hope that we uh, don't, and I don't think we're going to do this, but I really hope we we go there and, and show that level of commitment and support because the players, after two iffy games, um, and obviously the second one, uh, Birmingham wasn't clever, but the derby up there was better. But we, obviously, as we all know, lost that one. But the full commitment and the, togetherness of the players and I suppose as the 12th man the fans in that second game really got us over the line so you know let, let's hope that uh, we don't go along there and, and go mute just because we're there I don't think we will but let's raise the, what, what there is of a roof at Wembley and, 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 and really go for it and, and just hope the team respond as they did the other day well, I mean, I think in terms of the atmosphere, for me, it was by far the best atmosphere I've ever been to. Um, Hamburg, the final whistle, Juventus was special, but it was special in a different way. It was, it was more disbelief. You know, if we don't, if we don't win, it's still been amazing. But if it had fallen down the way, you know, the way it did against Reading last year again, it was almost desperation. Um, we we needed this this moment to go our way to get to Wembley. Yeah, you're right. It's not about the Premier League. It's about you know how long we've been waiting for this. We we haven't been waiting all our lives to get to a European final. That was a dream come true. But this is it means so much to so many fans, and I, I, I'm so proud to support a club like Fulham because it means so much. You could see how much it meant to the fans to get to Wembley, and I think other clubs fans seem to take it for granted now. They do. I mean that that. Uh corporate junket that was going on the other day I mean fair play to the team that won because someone's got to win the FA Cup but it there didn't seem to be um, you hinted at it there it was just another game pretty much for them uh, this isn't just another game for us I mean it's you know here we are at the start of the week talking now um, but the by the end of the week I think we're going to hear the figures for what the game is worth I don't know hundreds of thousands of times it's going to be hyped, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. But we're pretty um, fundamental, basic Fulham fans who have stuck with it when times were tough. We've had a, a, a wonderful bonus for European run. I mean, that was a, a genuine adventure, as you say. But here we are going to a final, which is a nuts and bolts final, really. And it's one that, you know, come on, let's be fair... Had we got the personnel right at the start of the season, we probably wouldn't have gone to because we'd have gone up by rights. And I'm not can't prove that. I don't know that, but I suspect that would have been the case with the way things have, have turned out. So we're now at this stage, we're taking the glamour route to go up. 
rather than having rubber stamped it, if you like, the normal way. But by golly, I'll take it. As long as we do do it, I'll take it. There's a lot, in my view, that is not for the fans and not for the grassroots fan in the Premier League. It's all business and it's corporate. And there's a lot of times the fans get caught up in that. Having given that little negative line, it's the place you have to be. You've got to strive to be among the best. Any sport, you strive to be the best in what you what you do. And whilst we don't at this stage have world domination in our plans, as some other clubs tend to have, and I think that's what you were referring to just now, Dan, in as much that we're a smallish, average in some ways, football club who wants to make the best of what they've got. Of course, I would never actually deem Fulham as average because they're incredibly special and there's so much heritage and history and all the rest. Well, there's a whole host of boxes that you could tick on that side of the fence. But realistically, we're not a mega club, so we're going to enjoy ourselves on Saturday and hopefully get a mega result at the end of it. Absolutely. And don't you think it's quite extraordinary that, for you personally, because you... you this is, this is a special time for you that the late 80s, early 90s, obviously not not as a supporter, but that's when 2 started. That's um, that's when we saved the club. It means so much. To now see us taking 38,000 fans to Wembley must be, you know, you, you wouldn't have believed it back then, would you? And, and those tickets went pretty quick, didn't they now? Yeah, well, the first day was like 23,000, 24,000. There's an obvious response I've got to say to that. And... Uh, you know, it'd be nice to see 30... I know we can't fit that number in, but it'd be nice to see 38,000 banging on the door for tickets every week because obviously some have come out of the woodwork. Well, yeah, but we, do, we to be fair, we do... It's not like QPR... QPR um, took, like, 40,000 to Wembley. Yeah. Millwall the same, and they get, like, gates of 10, 12,000. Yeah. We, we do get a reasonable... Uh, what, what I would argue is that fans... Clubs like that have a lot more fans that... Jump on the bandwagon. They, you know, Millwall take the whole of Bermondsey, even if they don't support Millwall. You know, they'll take they'll take their nan, yeah, just because it's a day out at Wembley. But with Fulham, I think I think we have got a very good core fan base for a club our size. Well, with that dive that we did, you know, you said when the fanzine started, there were there were grim times, and you you knew when you were travelling away in those days. Every other fan, probably by at least first name, or if you saw a car pass you on the motorway, you'd have an, and a Fulham sticker in it, you'd have a good idea who was driving it because there were that few. And we, we, we cut out a whole generation, if not two, of, of fans because why would kids want to be wearing a Fulham shirt or be associated with Fulham when we were not only down amongst the deadbeats, but we were looking to go even further downwards. It just wasn't aspirational. Uh, and, I, and, and as a consequence... It's absolutely fantastic the way that the youngsters have, have gradually come back. And, uh, you know, obviously some of them are going to have to ask their granddads about the last um, Wembley visit. You know, that, that, that was a, a phenomenal effort for us to get there then. This is in totally different circumstance now. And the money involved, of course, is, is one thing that's different. But for heaven's sake, you know, the kudos is that we want to win the game and we want to be up in the Premier League and keep hopefully as many of the current squad as we've got who if we don't go up there's got to be a question mark about that so I think there's a hell of a lot riding on it but for sure if the players can turn up and just give their all because we know when they give their all they've got every chance of not just winning but something any of the opposing sides then that's all we can ask for what I hope is that there's no Wembley jinx or anything where for some reason um, 
somewhat like 1975, where players were playing within themselves and perhaps at that stage were a bit in awe of the Wembley thing. Because West Ham were there to be beaten on the day. They weren't super special. We made a couple of mistakes, as the record books show. And, you know, they ended up on the end, at the end of the game deservedly winning the, and, and lifting the cup. Well, I mean, touch wood. We, we seem to have got away without... I don't really want to say it. But we don't have a less strong this time. I don't want to say the word in case I jinx it no, because well, it's still training to be had. But it looks like we're going in with our first choice team. Kamara's come back. He looks very strong. I mean, providing nothing goes wrong this week, you'd imagine that we'd have to start with the team that started the derby game, the second leg. I would have thought so because, you know, I think Kamara, most of what he did on the night was actually more than average, wasn't it? In fact, there was spells there was quite special. I, I couldn't understand him trying to get that free kick when he was going through, but that apart, and I, you know, I'm just mentioning that because the rest of his game was, was pretty good, and uh, you know that was a great selection on the night because it gave us gave us the edge. Well, I mean, I might start calling him Tom Daly. He's clearly been watching him, but um, the Sunderland game when he came on as well, but he's been outstanding on that pitch. I don't care how good John Terry might have been once upon a time, and how much experience he's got. If you get someone like Kamara running at him full speed, I, I mean... I'd rather not mention that fellow's name, if you don't mind. That's just a, that's just a personal thing. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. See, you're, you're such a legend at the club that you've even got the authority to tell me what I'm allowed to say on my own podcast. <laughs> um, I, I think you find it's a leg end. You know, I know it's an old one, but... <laughs> yeah, no, something like that. But um, that one. we we got to talk about the goal that got us there. The, the most random of... Heroes, Dennis Adoy. Was you there in 75 when Mitchell scored the winner? I was. Of course I was. I mean, that was one of the... In, in two semi-finals, incidentally, at the first one, if you asked me that question, no, I wasn't. I was taking my grade six piano exam, would you please? Did you pass? You knew... Um, I did. With I, I, You needed 100 out of 150, and I got the smack on 100. But at that, at that point, I didn't give a monkey's. But the, the point is, the goal in that game, which obviously I saw on telly and I've heard from Mitch afterwards crowing about it, was superb. The one that he got to get us to Wembley was one of the worst goals that you'll ever see in your life. But it was arguably the best for Fulham because it, it, take, it, it took an absolute age after a double, triple or whatever it was deflection to get over the line. Yeah. And the timing of it was such that there was barely time to kick off at the end of extra time. So that's the way to do it. And, and in comparison to how you felt when the ball hit the back of the net eventually, when O'Doy did it, because it seemed to take forever, did it feel the same or did it feel different? Not really, because I was looking at David Hamilton's page three girlfriend at the time. <laughs> Sat right in front of me. Now, of course, it, well, we went, well, I went absolutely <laughs> berserk like the rest of them. We, could, we couldn't believe it because, to all intents and purposes, that was just petering out to a nil-nil. Uh, and and for, for that goal to come out, out of absolutely nowhere... For us to get through, yeah. Again, it was it was absolute wonderment, and you know all the rest of it. We, we were just hugging, kissing strangers, and for for a doy to do it the other day, I mean, that was on the back of that raucous hall. And and my son actually said that you know I, I gave a hug to Alan, my mate who I sit next to, and he said he hadn't seen the turfs looking so jolly in, in Yonk. And we, we you know you know we just lost it for a few seconds, and um, and why not? I mean, is that what it's about? Uh, we, we didn't sit down, mind, but we... <laughs> <laughs> Even with my dodgy back, I still managed to sort of keep upright. Yeah, it was... It, and, and as you say, Adoy, you know, we didn't expect him 
to come up jumps. He'd had a few barbed words directed at him for a few performances just recently, but he's a capable player, and smile was all, all uh, written all over his face, that's for sure. I mean, did it not remind you of Dempsey's goal against Juventus? I suppose in some ways, although, although the Dempsey's one was a bit more of a sort of archetypal time stood still as it shot of tips and goalkeeper back pedals. The other, the other one was a bit of a flashing header, but I know what you mean because of the direction it came in and uh, and just just tucking in just inside the post. Beautiful, it was. So I don't care as long as they go in. I don't mind if uh, I mentioned triple deflections just now. I don't mind well, as they I'll go in, but. Yeah, I'll take another K Mac um, off the backside if if you don't mind. Thank you very much well, at Wembley. Yeah, it, 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 I just want us to turn up in all senses of the word. And um, yeah, I was asked by a few people before that second game against Derby, and the evidence at that point was that we were hoping for us to turn up, but we didn't know if we would. We didn't know if the, there was legginess in the camp or something. The difference now is that um, I think we're expecting us to turn up on Saturday. And as long as we do do that in every sense and, and perform as we know that we can and, and should, then I'm extremely optimistic for, for the game. One mistake I did make in Hamburg for the final was that as soon as the final whistle went, I was so upset that I stormed out of the stadium and didn't wait to see our players get their medals and come over and thank them at the end, which must have been quite quite horrible for them because... I would imagine most of the fans had disappeared by the time it all finished. I just hope this time around, no matter what the result is, I hope that everybody stays and, and claps them because it's been an incredible season. You know, we've waited 43 years for this moment and they're heroes regardless. Like I said, I, I really hope they turn up. But for me, it was the dream of getting to Wembley. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because there is a parallel. Uh, when I went to Wembley in 75, I was that much younger then, believe it or not. And the guy that drove me, he did what you did. In other words, he decided he wasn't having any of this and was going. And uh, I regret to this day that I sort of somewhat meekly, thinking I've got to get home as well. Wembley's not the other side of the world, but that was my lift. And I didn't see the guys go up and collect their medals. And I had it out with them the following day. (laughs) One of the few tips that we had, I said, why didn't you... Uh, you're right. I think whatever happens this time round at the weekend, that we should not because we're goody two shoes, but on the back of a, a, a fantastic effort. Whatever happens, we should be doing the business for them and, and giving them a real sort of mark of thanks for what they've done, because they they certainly made it fun going to Fulham again. Um, but this sounds a bit of a downer. I I really think that we're going to be celebrating. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, for for me, when they win, not if, when they win at Wembley they go down as my favourite ever Fulham team. Because the football they've played, you know, where we were in November, the the run that they've gone on is almost superhuman. It, w- it didn't seem possible to go on, on the run. They 139-year record broken, yeah. absolutely smashed by eight games. The football we've played, just getting to Wembley to top it all off. If If they were to win it, for me, it would be like winning the cup final. I know it isn't, but it would feel the same because you're getting promoted anybody was writing a book about anything at the moment um, oh hello who's writing a book <laughs> it, it, it is the most magnificent storyline as you say and i hinted earlier about saying it's a glory way of going up we'd all have preferred to have been in the wall situation where it's all done and dusted and got the the business out of the way but as we stand now the only way that we can go up 
is via the game at Wembley on Saturday. And uh, as long as we do that, I'll take that a hundred times over because it's going to be a it's going to be a ball, isn't it? No, it certainly is. Well, in '75, did you buy any uh, memorabilia? Did you buy any, Still you know, curly wigs and and foam hands? I didn't go that far. I uh, don't think there were clappers. You might need the wig this time. Uh, thank you so much, young sir. <laughs> you look like Bruce Willis, don't worry. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the rest. <laughs> Wincy Willis, perhaps. <laughs> You'll have to look her up. You're too young. <laughs> Well, I mean, um, you know, I've got to be nice to you because you let me write for you. So <laughs> <laughs> you give us, you give us good exposure. So well, you know me and exposure, but then my case comes up next week. <laughs> <laughs> I walked into that one. <laughs> well, I mean, let me ask you a question before we finish. What's your scorecast for the weekend? Well, you want me to give a prediction? Yeah. Ah, uh, David, I can't do that, mate. You can't do it. I just can't do it. I can't. I, I've I've thought this over in my head a million times. It's torturing me. It really is. And not once can I bring myself for the dream to end with them winning and John Terry lifting the cup. It just it it can't. It can't. We can't lose. I'm not normally good at this sort of thing, but I said two 0 the other night to get, and and that's what happened. Although at half time, I must admit I was feeling a bit iffy because we played very well first half and hadn't quite got a goal. Three one. But we shouldn't dismiss the fact that they've got some good players in there. Still, Grealish, who I'm not a great fan of as a as a, as, as a, a footballer, certainly as a bloke, but he he certainly got the rave reviews and times I've watched him playing, he he's looked. Player. You know, he does look a good player, and, and they've got all the experience. Yeah, if we're doing our thing well enough, they, they ought to be pushed back anyway. So They've had a lot of players that have been there and done it in the past, but so did Derby. And so, you know, if we turn up on the day, we're the better team. I think everybody knows that. But what Fulham will turn up? Let, yeah, let's, let's just do our bit and be the 12th man and, and give them the best chance possible. Can you imagine 38,000 chanting, there's only one S in Fulham? I wonder if I could choreograph that. We should we should get that trending on Twitter. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what they're chanting as long as we've won. And uh, yeah, you know, you know, it'd be it'd be good, great for you if you could um, convince the club to to write. There's only one effing Fulham on the clappers because there seems to be more of them than fans. Did you say clappers or crappers? <laughs> depends depends what part of London you come from, I suppose. <laughs> no, we, we we should have a good uh, have a good laugh not get overly despondent if it doesn't quite work. But as I said, and I've said quite a few times in our chat now, I really have a feeling that it's not going to be that sort of a day. I think we've had enough of near misses in the past, but we've got a fair few times where we have turned it on on the bigger case just recently. So uh, I'm, I'm really reckoning that this is going to be one of them. Absolutely. Well, on that note, mate, best to hand it back to the, the boys doing the podcast. So... Yeah, thank you for Boy. joining me. Come on, you whites. Yeah, I'll see you at the weekend. I'll be the one waving, all right? I, I'll look out for you. I will look out for you with your lovely wig and your foam hand. With There's only one effing Fulham on it. Four hands. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you, Don. All right, gentlemen, that was Danny with David Lloyd, legendary owner and publisher of The Tooth Magazine. There's only one F in Fulham. To me, that was a really good interview, and there's some points I think we could really take away from that. John, when he talks about you know, being in that lower division but still loving the day, even though they didn't win, don't you think that's what this is all about, just supporting the players in the club? We really want them to win, but if they don't, it's not the worst thing in the world. 
I mean, I think, um, massive respect. There's only one effort Fulham and all that. I, I loved that interview because it's two blokes. It was such an upbeat interview. I just loved, as a Fulham fan, going to Wembley in a few days' time, listening to that, because it just made me realise how great... Look, we're not the biggest club in the world. We haven't got the most supporters in the world. We've got something, and that just shone through the whole interview. And um, the guy's a legend. Danny's a bit of a legend. Tiny, tiny bit of a legend. Not not a big legend, <laughs> but tiny, tiny bit of a legend. Now, come um, on, don't, don't, don't make his head any bigger. Well, he's not a legend, but... Um, <laughs> I I loved that, and actually, my dad's not shut up ever since um, the, that era about how I can't ever enjoy. No, he's not that bad, but you know, oh, this is what we saw. This is what we saw, and then you know, we, we we're we're challenging that now. And um, just listen made me smile. And we can't stress the importance of when Fulham were on its knees and could have crumbled. People like um, David Lloyd, like they. That's what held it all together, you know, and that's why we're now selling tickets hand over fist because they stuck in when it all got tough, you know. So, well, thank you to them and, you know, great interview. So, you know, one of the points that Danny made there, Matt, was even if the team loses, okay, Danny didn't do this at the Europa final. When the team lost, Danny mentioned how he was just so upset that him and a lot of fans, they just left. And he regrets that. And he really feels like he should have stuck behind and supported the fans the entire time. That's the part I hope to see and hear, no matter what happens at Wembley, that the, the fans know we appreciate what they've done. Don't, don't you think this has just been an, a tremendous season there, Matt? Yeah, I mean... You know, it's difficult to to you know tell someone how to react to something that hasn't happened yet. You know, I'm not going to be too harsh on on Danny for leaving at full time because you know it's a, a heart wrenching moment. And you know, even if even if you don't stay to clap players, you know we we've had we've had that chance already. You know, we we got on the pitch in the semi final. You know, we 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 stood up for 90 minutes as you know as David mentioned in the interview as well. We've we've done our bit. We need to do it again, and yeah, I mean, I think I think it's you know it's enough. We've 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 sold out in under a week. You know, we're going to be there. Thirty-eight thousand Fulham fans cheering the team on, and yeah, we can't. Obviously, I don't think anyone's going to. Certainly, certainly, no one from you know from the Fulham Focus team is going to get on the back of the players if they don't win. But you know. If we don't, it's going to be tough, and people people are going to react how they're going to react. You mentioned that atmosphere that everybody stood the entire ninety minutes when we played Derby. You know that is what I hope we have at Wembley, and it sounds like everybody's going to be bringing the clappers and anything else that they can bring to help them make noise. So I hope the atmosphere. I'm sure the atmosphere is just going to be completely crazy. And totally awesome. I really wish I could be there. Unfortunately, it's my 50th birthday. And if I fly over, my wife's going to kill me, even though I think that's the best 50th birthday present I could ever get. So when it comes to the atmosphere, John, we know that we were given 38,000 tickets. And from what I have read and been hearing, everything got sold out pretty quickly. So 
that's pretty impressive, don't you think, for a club our size that 38,000 gets sold out that quickly? I think it's incredible. And and um, I think the club was actually quite smart about how they did it in selling so many. I mean, Villa got one ticket per person and we got five. So obviously our tickets should and did sell out quicker than the Villa. Um, I'm, I'm getting a bit annoyed with the Villa fans at the moment, to be honest, because... Uh, they're making us out to be a tiny little club. And, you know, I don't care about our size against Villa. But we were a club that weren't going to sell out. It'd be full of Villa fans. And then we sold out. And then now all our tickets are apparently available on so-and-so. So so Villa haven't sold out, sold out. And at the time of them not selling out, their fans are buying tickets in our end on these sites and bragging about it. I'm not talking about hundreds. I'm talking about one or two. I mean... How pathetic. Look, I'm not going to compare Fulham to Villa in support base, but I I honestly think like Villa fans have let themselves down massively and actually they're, they're starting arguments they can't, they can't win. Um, it's an amazingly proud moment for me as a Fulham fan to see that the tickets have flown out the window and everyone's coming. And, you know, I hope every Villa fan who buys a ticket in the Fulham end thinks, oh, yeah, we're going to shout them out. We're going to make more noise than them. And they can't even hear a word in their ear because I hope the Fulham fans do the same as we did at, at the Cottage against Derby and just drown them out. And, and truthfully, for me, I'd rather sit at home and watch Fulham against Villa on TV if I didn't have a ticket as opposed to sitting in the middle of a raucous atmosphere where everyone's fucking paying for their team. And... It strikes me a little, a little bit pathetic how a lot of the fans are just coming out as smug ourselves out of all this, and even more reason for the team to fucking do one on them. To be honest, because I really, it's really griped me. Actually, we're not comparing numbers, we're not comparing history, we're not comparing nothing. But guess what? We're two teams playing on the same pitch, the same square foot. You know, no one's better than each other, you know. And for them to bring up stupidness from the past or their history or our history I mean it's irrelevant the better team will win on the pitch and the better the better fans will will help that we, because we don't want you next to us and we're happy if you've got loads of fans brilliant fans way better fans than us but like, let us have our day and stop being such bloody self-entitled idiots really well, they may have more fans, but they are definitely not better fans. Uh, there is no way a Villa fan is a better fan than a Fulham fan. So with that said, Matt, I know there's been a lot of trash talk on the Fulham boards, the, the fan boards, you know, the, the Twitter, Facebooks and everything. I, I know how a lot of people are, are saying, you know, they don't even need to show up, that it's in the bag for Aston Villa. <sighs> What do you think of them doing all this trash talk and, and saying, you know, that they really don't even have to show up, that we don't even really have a team to compare to theirs? Yeah, well, I mean, as John just said, self-entitled idiots. I mean, that, that pretty much sums up football fans on Twitter, doesn't it? Um, I think it's not much more than that. You know, the, the loud morons who are they're trying, to, trying to get under our skin and, you know, it, it's, work, it's working, but Maybe that will lead, lead to the fun fans being loud on the day. I, I, one thing I quite enjoyed is how 
how wound up they seem to be about the about the clappers. <laughs> um, you know, they I do mean, seem annoyed, don't they? I I personally don't use them, but you know, if you want to use them, fair enough. I hope but everybody just, just uses, by the by uses how much them. They, yeah, yeah. I mean, just by the fact that how much they just to annoy to Villa, use them, be offended by them for some reason. I don't know why. I just I hope there's more than ever. You know, I hope we have enough that we can throw at them, throw on the pitch, clappers everywhere. So yeah, let's let's just you know let's go with what we've got. With you know we're full of fans, we know what we've got, and yeah, forget forget them. I don't care what they say. I hope everybody uses them and just drives Villa fans nuts. I hope exactly. they're pulling their teeth and their hair saying, oh, stop, okay? Now, the other thing I did hear or uh, read online was that everybody was trying to make a sea of white. Are, are you guys bringing out all, only your white shirts? Are you going to wear just your white shirts for this game? I'm going as a cricket player, mate. I'm wearing all white, <laughs> everything white, <laughs> everything white, mate. I won't bring my bat. But everything else. Well, all white uh, like Sam. a cricket player would be better than all white like a uh, American pimp. So <laughs> I like it. Yeah, well, either, well either uh, I might even wear the box. It's <laughs> nasty afterwards. <laughs> so we know that basically Villa think they need to just show up and they're going to win, and that's that. But you know, if you look at our team and our players in our current squad versus what Aston Villa has in their current squad, okay? Yeah, Aston Villa's got a lot of older players, uh, and we're a lot younger team. They've got more experience, blah, blah, blah. But if you look at the way we play versus the way they play, I'll take our way we play any day. I think it's prettier. I think it's nicer. Uh, could we play a lot faster? Absolutely. But I'd rather play the way we're playing than the way – they play any day of the week. So with that, tell me, Matt, what does you think? And I, I'm sure I'll get the one response, like one of two responses that I just, I really can't stand these people. They grind on my nerves. What do you think is going to be Villa's number one hit, man? The, the one person we've got to look out for as, as a team with Fulham. Because of the occasion, playoff final and likely to be tight i think i think jack Grealish is a danger man um just because of the fact you know we know he can score from from anywhere he's similar to tom kenny in that respect who he can pop up with the goal when they're when they're not looking good you know when they really need it he can he can do that so you know close him down don't let him within 35 yards of, of goal that's you know that's my advice. If I was Slav, that's what I'd be saying. So that means that we need to get uh, K-Mac or somebody kind of man-marking probably him and sticking on him. Um, I, I did read, and I didn't know this, that he, he's a prodigy of Villa. He's been there since he was six. So what's another player, though, John, you would want to keep your eye on? To be honest, rather than just going on one player, I'd – I'd like to assess the whole game and realistically I think Fulham are going to try and control possession and as we do fl flood their side of the pitch with pretty much every player we've got on the pitch and um, going back to what Matt said and what you said Grealish is, is I think he's a great player I think he's an absolutely great player and I've watched a few games recently where 
he's done things which he's almost like the, the worst player we could play against almost to to an extent where he on the counter-attack is brilliant. I think we're going to put, try and boss possession, try and pin them back. And I think Steve Bruce will be quite happy for that to happen. I think Snodgrass, Grealish, Adoma, there are three danger players. And having one danger player is bad, but having three is even worse. Um, Grealish can float and he can run from the edge of his box to the edge of your box. And... I've seen people try and I've seen Stephanie Hansen bloody take him out tackles and he just rides him and keeps running. And I love that about a player that that's just kind of lost in the game. A guy who doesn't just go down when he gets a bump, he, he rides it. Those three are the players I worry about on the counter attack. Right. I think risk, the risk, the risk we have is counter attack yep. or set pick. Set piece. The, yep. the two issues we're going to have is, is those two. I think John Terry needs to be marked tightly in set pieces. And they've got grabbing as well. But um, Grealish is, is, is the mastermind. But Adoma and Snodgrass are so dangerous on the counter. And, um, and set pieces. If we can nullify that, I, in fact, for me, if we can score first, scoring first in this game is, is imperative. And we're such a good team if we do. I think, I really hope we score first because if we score first, Steve Bruce's plan is just out the window completely. And then Fulham play the best football they That's how we're going to play the best. That's my opinion. If we don't score first, I think it's going to be like a derby. They're going to be sitting back and then they've got three brilliant players to hit us on the counter-attack. Let's just bloody hope we score first. And if we do score first, I think we could easily, easily score second. That's my one fear is that they do score first and then they park the bus. I do think Grealish is going to be the number one person that we need to keep an eye on. Now, as you also said, we don't want to prepare for just one player. We want to prepare for the whole team. And if you look at the way they play, what I've looked at their formation, it's pretty much been a 4-1-4-1. And I'm not a big fan of that uh, formation. It is what it is. I guess it's worked for them. But I'm hoping that because of the way they play the 4-1-4-1, that they get caught out, that they bring the wingbacks way up and get caught out, and we get them on the counter. You mentioned John Terry. You know, uh, God, I just I cannot stand John Terry. Odious. Odious human being. Well, I think this is the point where I've got to say the opinions expressed in this podcast are those of us individuals and not of Fulham Focus. Because <laughs> I just cannot say anything nice about John Terry or Snodgrass. Um, I've never liked either one of them, ever. John Terry's 37. My God, you would think he's a spry, young, incredible, up-and-coming player if you read all the crap off of Villa's uh, boards and, and stuff on, online that you know he's just the gym that's going to hold the glue and make everything happen for them. I kind of feel wow. like I bet you that our players are going to give him a run and he's going to be tired, you know, by the time he's done with us. To, to, to be honest, I, I remember before the Villa game at home, actually, where we were lucky and they, they had no Grealish, no Adoma. But um, I was worried the Mitro would kind of fall into their hands and our solid play would kind of fall into Terry's hands. And I thought, oh, we need pace against them. Well, they've done bloody well against pace. They did well against Burrow, who had pace. Well, Terry struggled massively against Mitro. And, oh, and, I agree. And the area, the area I thought he'd be strong, he got he got found out. So 
I just Mitcho has a good game and Boss is Terry, and I'm I'm pretty sure we win. That's refreshing to me because you know before Mitro, we probably would have hit a brick wall. But I actually now think that Mitro might beat me his own game, and I, and that I hope so. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's we all hope. So. But, but I think, I think just, just expecting him to be slower foot and let quick players run past him, that's not happened all season. But Mitro bullied the hell out of him. And um, let's, let's, if Mitro occupies Terry, then, well, we've got all of our other attacking players to, to find the spaces. All I want Mitro to do is I want Mitro to show up like Mitro does when he's at his best, and that is annoy John Terry to death. I want him to just, every time he receives a ball take John Terry on 1v1, you know, turn and get a quick shot off, get a quick shot off. Uh, I hope he drives John just into the ground. So talking about Mitro, I want to talk about, uh, Matt, what you think we should do with our lineup against Darby for, for this game. It's a big game. Stick with what we did last game, or do you think we need a little bit of more experience? Should we bring Norwood on, you know, because he's a little more experienced in a lot of these games. Do we let him start maybe in the center or, you know, change anything? What, what would you do? If you, if you were the coach, would you go with the same one or, or change anything? Absolutely. Don't bring Norwood in. Okay. I remember that, that, that he came on against Derby. First thing he does is a crossfield pass to set up a counterattack for them. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of annoyed by that, to be honest. Well, Because they, they went at the end and they scored. But I think we, I think we stick with it. I've, I think, again, the question is going to be who plays on the right. But looking at Villa's uh, recent games, you know, Alan Hutton has been playing at left back. He's a right back. He's 33 years old. Yeah, he's, had a, he's played well recently, but he hasn't come up against Abu Kamara running at him at 100 miles an hour, has he? So we need to attack that. I, I, I see him as probably their weakest link in defence. As you say, John Terry... Even though he's not quick, he he's he manages. He, you know, he's got the reading of the game where he manages to to get the space and and sort of close that speed gap with experience, if you like. But who's going to want AK running at him? I, I'll Certainly tell you, Adam Hutton isn't. With with the exception of AK uh, going in the box and doing his little falling over, okay. For the most part, AK to me is a lot like what. John was talking about earlier, he is a guy who will get in the thick of it, take some lumps, and keep on going. So if I was at left back, I would not want AK coming at me all day. Not as big and as strong as he can be. So I agree. Uh, I, I like to just stick with this. I kind of wouldn't mind, hopefully the game's going well, and Norwood's brought on maybe to help manage it towards the end. Because yeah. when he did come on, I, I think he did bring some new excitement and energy, and he really did go hard in on making sure the ball was not in our final third. So I actually yeah, thought him and um, what's his name coming into center back? Uh, Ellis. The, yep. Was a fantastic substitution uh, by Slav in that, that well, last I, game. I, I worried when they brought Norwood on for Kearney and we were only a goal up. You know, if it went to extra time, then we've... You're right. Um, You've lost one of your scores that, that, for PKs. That's, that's, that scared me a bit because I, I think Slav thought the game was won and the game was won. It, it was. And look, gamblers win or lose, and we won. So it was a good gamble. So I don't want this podcast to go too long because I know uh, 
we've 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 gone pretty far as far as time goes here. So a couple more things that I want to talk about. One is just how important this game is now for teams to get promoted as far as sustainability in their future. And I was just reading that the winner gets 160 to like 170 pounds for winning this game. How huge is that? I mean, million, million, or just oh just quit. I'll give Villa 200 for not winning it. <laughs> I, I assume that's 200 pence. Well, I'm not the richest in the world. But, um... <laughs> I mean, just think about it. The difference between championship and premier is the money is so ridiculous. It is well, incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump in on this because, to be honest, I cannot tell you, I've not enjoyed football like I've enjoyed football in the championship. I think the championship is is the the best league I've ever experienced. I mean, teams are actually held to financial fair play and you are in the thick of it every year. Everyone beats everyone. There's no, that doesn't happen. And everyone beats everyone. We got beat by bloody Birmingham, Sunderland, Burton, yet we're up in the playoffs. I mean, this league and... I hope, for all hope's sake, we get promoted Saturday. I really do. I really do. Because it's the only goal of being in the championship. It's, it's the only, you play all season for it, and we are playing in the one biggest game in football. But I love the, I love the championship. It's, it's been incredible. And you know what? We've broken records. We've, our players have done things that no one in the club's history have ever done. And they've played football the right way. We can we can actually say that. You know, we've not just lumped we've not done a Cardiff, not poo housed it. We've actually played football the right way all season. We're now in the we're now at Wembley. We've now sold thirty eight thousand tickets. Yeah. This doesn't happen in the Premier League. You you get you get pushed out by money and by influence. And if we don't go up, I'm sure there'll be a big rebuild. I'm sure the score will fall to pieces. I'm sure but Let's not get down about it if that does happen, because truth for this is this is incredible. It's an amazing league, and and I've enjoyed it thoroughly. I agree. You know, this has been an incredible season, but the object is to be the number one spot, and with that comes promotion. So, as far as I'm concerned, we we need to win. We need to get promoted. Matt, w- would you be missing Sorry. the championship at all? <laughs> I. I've never been able to settle on my opinion on this, to be honest. I, the last two years have been incredible, but the two years before that were horrible. You know, we when we went down, you get people saying, well, at least we're going to win games in the championship. It took us three years to actually start doing that, you know. So so there's that as, as the flip side. Um, you, you want your team to be competing against the best in the world, yeah. But at the same time, you don't want your team to be losing to the best in the world every week. So. So yeah, I mean, it's almost like you want to go up, take the money, and come down again not too not too soon after, and do it all again. You know, <laughs> maybe that's maybe yes, that's the way yes, to go. Yes, yes, I'm completely there. I think a yo-yo club wouldn't be the worst thing we could do. And listen, really? the, the only the only goal of the championship is to not be in the championship. But then when you're not in the championship, you know it can be pretty miserable at times. So I I hundred percent want to go up. Because that's the only success we could ever have in the championship. But I think I think things need to be put into perspective, and and to realise that if we don't go up, well, 
thank God we're playing in a league where the teams are fair, it's competitive, and, you know, it's proper football. You know, the fans who go to... Well, we've not sold out all season, but we've sold out at Wembley. So I'm not criticising any fan who wants to go to that game, but, well, you know, they've not been there at a cold winter's night on a Tuesday against Burton. 1-6-0, by the way. Um, but <laughs> I don't begrudge them one little bit for them being there. But that isn't the season, you know. That isn't why you turn up. I'm over the moon to be promoted. And I know that things are going to crumble if we don't. But if we do give them out, I just want to say thank you to the championship. Thank you to the championship teams, the fans, and the regulations that keep the league pretty much fair. Because it's been a hell of a ride. And I've bloody enjoyed every bit of it. Any last thoughts on that, Matt? Uh, well, I mean, apart from, you know, you, you, talk about, you talk about the moments and the player final is one of those moments that you work towards. Um, the Premier League wasn't without those. You know, we qualified for Europe and got to the Europa League final. So, you know, if, if we go up, I do think, I think we'd be competitive fairly quickly. You know, we're backed by even he's probably the richest owner in this league. He'd probably be one of the richest owners in the Premier League as well. So, you know, there's that. Maybe we press on and then maybe we, we become one of the teams fighting for Europe regularly. So that would be good to see. Okay. And with that, I am going to do a little wrap up here. And then we as a group are going to do our one last cheer for Fulham and wish them well. My last thoughts on the championship are this. I actually think it's an awesome league, a very competitive league, and I have thoroughly enjoyed the ups and downs these last couple of years that Fulham have experienced while being in this league. I think it's a little more competitive and a little more enjoyable than the Premiership. I think the Premier League has got its top four teams on average, top six teams that always seem to be the same and everybody else kind of middles around the middle or the bottom and struggles. I don't know that like John, I'd like to be a yo-yo team. Um, I enjoy the championship, but I'd rather hopefully stay up, at least be mid table and enjoy some success. I really hope that Khan takes us all the way again and who knows? We surprise everybody and we get back in the Europa League or, or do even better. So with that thought, I just want to say one last time, come on, Fulham. Come on, you guys. Come on, Fulham. And so with that, that concludes this podcast for Fulham Focus. We hope you enjoy the game at Wembley. No matter what, as always, we're very proud of this club. But on a positive note, we know we're going up.